0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. 83 baptism. Can you guys believe that? Isn't that amazing? Isn't God awesome what he's done so far this year? I just want to say thank you so much to Pastor John and to uh, Katrina and to Janet and to the others just for making this happen today. Well, it so, we have so much to celebrate from 2022, and we have so much to look forward to in 2023. I'm so grateful that you joined us this morning. I want to say thank you so much for just being an awesome church. As I look back over this year, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for every person in this room. I love you guys. I am so thankful for you guys. I appreciate our Team, I appreciate our board, I appreciate our ministry volunteers and our ministry leaders. Can we give it up for all of them and their hard work that they continue to do? And and I'm just I am just so in awe of how God has moved and and I'm just praying. I'm praying that God continues to use us in big and mighty ways. I genuinely do believe that this is only just the beginning of what God has in store for us as a church. God is looking for people to use. Do you guys believe that this morning? God is looking for men and women, boys and girls, young and old, people of all ages, all backgrounds, all ethnicities, people who will go to him and say, God, here I am, use me. That's the kind of church we wanna be in 2023. Can I get an amen? We want to be a church that goes where God sends us. We want to be a church that obeys in the area that God challenges us. We want to be a church that is more concerned about our sending capacity than our seeding capacity, more concerned about our impact in the world than protecting all of our little preferences. We want to be a church that is on fire for the gospel because we we serve a great and powerful and mighty God, a God who brings light into this dark world as we celebrated last week. We have a lot to be grateful for. Let's give it up one more time for all that God's been doing here at South Valley, and I just hope you know how grateful I am for each and every one of you. And, John, great job leading us through that this morning. Today, we're continuing our series, I Am, where we're exploring the seven I Am statements from the book of John. If you recall from last week, these staggering claims. They form the backbone of John's gospel, and in each of these sayings, Jesus takes a motif from Judaism, often in the context of a miracle or a meal or a major festival, and then he reinterprets it for himself. There are seven of these. The first is, I am the bread of life, which my friend Andrew Alesso preached on. He did an amazing job. Last week, we did, I am the light of the world. Today is, I am the door. Then, I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I I am the true vine. These are the seven I am statements. And what we're seeing in this series is that Jesus Christ is a master teacher. He has the amazing ability of taking something tangible like bread or light or a grapevine and squeezing out of it every spiritual lesson. And we're gonna see that today because in today's passage, He takes a rugged old first century sheep pen built out in the countryside and he uses it as an illustration to describe the way to salvation and the way to the abundant life. And I love this because here's the reality. You and I are here today because we want to know the way to salvation and the way to the abundant life. And the way Jesus teaches on those two topics is by using something very familiar in their day and kind of familiar here out in Lamore, if we're being honest. He uses a sheep pen. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump into today's passage. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open now to John chapter 10, starting in verse 7. I'm going to pray, and we'll jump into it. Father God, I am so grateful for the ways you've moved in 2022. And as we look at that sheet of numbers, we are excited because we know that each number represents a person. Each person is precious in your sight, You have drawn people out of darkness into your marvelous light. You've given people the courage to, to proclaim that they love you and trust you and to surrender to you and then to go into the waters of baptism and make that known to this entire church. You have moved through all of our different ministries with Next Gen Ministry and kids and CR and men and women and our renewed thrift store across the road and in all the different things, small groups and rooted and all the amazing things that we get to do, missions. You have moved and you are just beginning to do something new in our midst and we want to be sensitive to your leading and sensitive to your Holy Spirit in our lives. Bless our time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. John ten seven. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief though, he comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Let me give you some context for this passage. In first century Palestine, there were two kinds of sheep pen. There was the city pen and then there was the country pen. The city pen was guarded by a gatekeeper. This is important because we're going to talk about it some next week. It was guarded by a gatekeeper who would allow shepherds in and out. It was a community pen. Anybody could bring their sheep into this pen. A gatekeeper would watch it, let shepherds in and out. And when a shepherd was ready to gather his sheep, he'd simply walk in. He'd call them by name. Yes, he knew his sheep by name and called them by name. And they would walk out and they would follow him and they would trust their shepherd. And when he was ready to leave, they'd he would call them out. They'd hear his voice and they would respond. It makes me think of some of our dairy farmers here in town. Okay. I uh, went to a uh, dairy farm, uh, Johnny Serpa's farm recently. And as I was walking through, he had a couple thousand cow and I'm, I'm serious. He talked to each one as if he like knew it by name and was there when it was born. And like, he know, they all look exactly the same to me. If you ever see uh, sheep out there in the field, every sheep looks exactly. If you ever had a, a litter of puppies or a litter of kids. Every one of them looks exactly the same, but a good shepherd, a good, you know, I don't know. What do you call yourself if you own a, a, a dog? A daddy? I don't know. A good owner knows each one by name and they recognize their owner. They recognize their dad. They recognize their mom and they respond. Well, that's what's happening in first century Israel shepherds knew their sheep. And that was the first kind of sheep pen. It's important for next week. The second kind of sheep pen though was found out in the countryside. This is where shepherds would keep their flocks in good weather. Think of the shepherds in the birth narrative of Jesus Christ. They're out in the field because when the weather is nice, they would, they would bring them out to, to graze in the field. Well, this type of sheep pen was nothing more than a circle of rocks, with a tiny little opening, that's all it was. Nothing fancy, nothing exciting, just this tiny little opening surrounded by some rocks. And and this type of sheep pen, is a place where during the day you would graze out on the, in the fields and then at nighttime to protect your sheep, you would walk them into this little shepherd or into this little pen. And, and here's the interesting thing about this pen. Jesus says in this passage, I am the door of the sheep. But what's interesting about this kind of pen is that there is no door. Do you guys recognize that? So why then would Jesus say, I am the door of the sheep? Well, what's mind blowing to me about these kinds of pins, I just discovered this this week. With these kinds of pins, the shepherd is the actual door of the sheep. You see, the shepherd would gather his sheep, bring them into the pen, and then he would lie down right here in front of the gap, protecting his sheep, saying, If you want to get to my sheep, you need to go through me. That's Jesus Christ with us. That's Jesus Christ with the kingdom of heaven. You want to get to the kingdom of heaven? You must enter through him. And if you belong to Jesus and you are one of his sheep, if someone wants to get to you, guess who they have to get through first? Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. Jesus says, With this kind of context, he says these words, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now let's pause here for a second. Have any of you in this room stepped through any significant doors in your life? I love this imagery of doors because doors are sometimes portals into whole new worlds, right? When you think about your life, can you recall any significant thresholds that you have crossed? Maybe it was the moment you crossed the threshold of the church doors where you said your I do's. Or maybe it was the moment you walked into that hospital building just before you delivered your first child. And it's a memorable moment as you cross that threshold. Or maybe it was the first time you stepped into a new classroom, or the first time you walked into a new job and you remember stepping into that place, into that new environment. Or maybe it was when you received keys to a new house and you'll never forget opening that door and walking in for the first time. Because doors, they're often symbols of new beginnings and of fresh starts. Or maybe when you're thinking about significant doors in your life, you're thinking of things, not that you stepped into, but things that you stepped out of. Maybe it was the day you stepped out of a jail cell, determined to never go back again. Maybe it was the day you stepped out of that rehab facility, determined that that was enough, that today was the beginning of change. Maybe it was the day you stepped away from a bad relationship, Maybe it was the day that you stepped away from an unhealthy environment. Doors are often symbols of fresh beginnings and new starts. Doors are also symbolic of historical events. Think of the Wittenberg door in Germany where Martin Luther hangs the 95 Theses. Or think of the door located on 10 Downing Street that houses the prime minister of Great Britain. Or think of the Columbus doors uh, located at the Capitol. They're they're 10, 20,000 pound doors uh, just Highlighting some of our history. There are also many famous fictional doors. If you guys like movies and books and things like that, there are the doors of the wardrobe in the Chronicles of Narnia. Anybody, anybody fan of that? Any Narnia fans in here? All right. Or uh, Bilbo's little tiny door in The Hobbit. We gotta have some Hobbit fans in here, right? Yes, okay. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're a a Disney guy, a Pixar guy, and you love, uh, you know, you love Boo, Monsters, Inc. And you open this door into this whole new world. And there's lots of other doors I could throw here on the screen. The big idea is this. Doors are portals in and out of new worlds and new opportunities. And as famous as all these doors are, None is more famous than the only door that opens up to the kingdom of heaven itself, Jesus Christ. Jesus is a door, not just to a new opportunity and not just to a new environment, but to an entirely new life. Born again, Jesus says. And those who enter through Jesus into his sheepfold enter into the love and the grace and the provision and the eternal protection of God himself. But notice Jesus opens this I am with an emphatic statement. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, this means he, listen up. And the reason why he's so emphatic is because there are many false doors in the world. There are many false ways. There are many false hopes. There are many false saviors. There are even many false religions. And so with that in mind, Jesus says this. He says, all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. This here is a reference to Israel's long line of corrupt leaders. You see, Israel's leaders... Back in the day, they were meant to lead people through the door into the kingdom, but they actually kept people out. When he talks about all who came before me, it's not a reference to good leaders like Moses and Joshua and Elijah and Isaiah, but to the poor leaders and the poor priests and the poor kings and the poor Pharisees who neglected and exploited God's sheep. There are leaders out there who will neglect and exploit God's people, who will prey on the weak. Instead of pointing them to the door, they will shut the door in people's faces because they are false shepherds, false prophets, and they prey on sheep. In seminary, I had a professor who gave a lecture on what he called mutton eaters. And uh, mutton obviously is uh, sheep meat. And if you've ever eaten mutton, you probably only ate it once. Uh, it's not very good. Maybe you like it, I don't really like it. In the Bible though, mutton eaters, they looked like shepherds. They appeared to be trustworthy leaders, but they actually just preyed on the sheep. This is kind of reminiscent of the world we live in today. Many of the leaders we elect appear to have our best interests in mind but do they always really have our best interests in mind? There are leaders, we would hope so, but there are leaders who prey on sheep. And then there is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Which kind of leader are you following? Which kind of king are you submitting to? Have you been duped by a mutton eater? Or are you actually following the good shepherd who will lead you in and out into good pastures and provide for you and take care of you and watch over you? All you have to do is stay close to him and trust in him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door. And the problem though, is that there were many leaders in Jesus's day that were not good shepherds. They were taking advantage of the sheep. And here's, here's a, a, a passage in Ezekiel talking about it. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat You clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. The big idea is that the shepherds preyed on the sheep. One thing we need to keep in mind today is this, sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. Do you guys know that? The first time I realized the IQ of a sheep was the first time I jumped on a sheep's back. (laughs) I was a kid and my friends dared me to jump on the back of this giant sheep. It was this big sheep. He had a black head. He was way bigger than me. I don't know how old I was at the time. They're like, just jump. He's, he's just a gentle sheep. What's he gonna do to you? And I'm like, and I, I was always, I don't know whose IQ was worse that day. The sheep's or mine's? Because I decided to jump on the sheep. So I jumped on his back and I gave it this big, great bear hug and the thing took off. I didn't know sheep can move that fast. They can move. Okay, when they're mad, when they don't trust you, those things can run. This guy took off running, jumping, and I'm holding on tight because I have no idea what to do. And he runs straight into a barn, okay? And I'm on the back. He runs into the barn, slams the barn, and then, and then we get jammed in between a haystack and the barn. And then I'm stuck with my arms around the sheep and it's kicking and screaming, and I'm stuck on it and people have to come and rescue me from this sheep. And, the, and sheep are supposed to be the most docile creatures on the planet. Yeah, right. Sheep... Fearful creatures, dumb creatures. <laughs> On the back that day of that sheep, though, was a fearful creature and dumb she- creature as well. But I hate to point this out, but it's a reality throughout the Bible. We are all a bit like sheep. We are all fearful. We are all a bit foolish, especially compared to the vast wisdom of God. We think we are strong, but we are actually weak. We think we are safe, but we are actually vulnerable. We think we know it all, but we are actually quite lost on our own. We need a good shepherd. And God's chosen shepherds of the day failed his sheep. They were described as thieves and robbers. The religious leaders of the day, they weren't helping the sheep. They were robbing them. They weren't opening the door. They were closing the door. That's why Jesus says this in Matthew 23, 13. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter enter to go in. And here's why I'm sharing all of this. Here's a big question for us as a church when we think about where are we headed and who are we going to be and what does God wanna do uniquely through South Valley in this community and beyond. Here's the question I want us to wrestle through today. It's this, are we a church that leads people to the door or keeps them out? Do we lead people to the door To the sheepfold, do we do everything we can to get as many people as possible into the fold of God? Or do we block the door? Do we actually push people away? Are we actually doing things that keep them out? Are we too concerned about ourselves and our own wants and our own preferences and our own things that we want to grumble and complain about? Or are we so sold out and on the mission that everywhere we look, we see lost, wandering sheep. Sheep without a shepherd are dead sheep or lost sheep. That's all there is to it. This world needs a good shepherd. And Jesus has called us to bring people to the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. God wants to use you. Can I get an amen? God wants to use you. Our focus at South Valley is to be a church that leads people to the door. Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. You see, this world desperately needs a good shepherd. We're surrounded, each of us, every day, by lost sheep, dirty sheep, wandering sheep, wounded sheep, herding sheep. And the problem is that far too many Christians have turned a blind eye. Far too many Christians refuse to step out in pursuit of lost sheep. Far too many Christians spend time complaining or arguing. Instead of being about the mission, far too many Christians block the door instead of pointing people to the door. And so here's my dream, and we we're just stepping into this. We saw this in 2022. By the way, this is not an indictment against South Valley. We just celebrated 83 baptisms, 148 salvations. That's 148 people who walked through the door. You know who gets credit for that? You guys, well, it's Jesus who saves, obviously but it's you guys bringing your friends, bringing your loved ones, bringing your children, bringing your coworkers. So we are just beginning to become this kind of church, this kind of church that I dream of, that we see when we're talking as a staff, when we're talking as leadership teams. I dream of being a church where all walks of life can be united under one shepherd. I dream of being a church where all ages and races gather together to exalt the great I AM Jesus Christ I dream of being a church that will do anything to get people to the door I dream of being a church that raises up strong under shepherds, shepherds in our schools, shepherds at Lemoore NAS, shepherds among our farmers and throughout our community and beyond. I dream of being a church that will do anything to get people to the door. Jesus says this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be what? Saved. And he will go in and he will go out and he will will find pasture. What's so amazing about Jesus being a door is that anyone can enter a door, even a child. Jesus is not a mountain that you must climb before you can be saved. Jesus is not a test that you must pass perfectly before you can be saved. Jesus is not a long, dark hallway that you gotta fill yourself through in hopes of getting to the other side and then you'll be saved. Jesus is not like the Atlantic Ocean where you gotta swim from one side to the other in hopes of achieving your salvation in order to be saved. Jesus's illustration is as simple as it gets. He says, I am a what? I am a door. You know what you do with a door? You open it and you walk right in. People in your life need that door. Some of you in this room today, you need that door. This church exists to point people to that door to bring people through that door. We don't save, Jesus saves, but we know him. We know how to get to him and we can point everybody in our world to him so that they can experience his amazing grace. Jesus ends like this in John ten ten. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. There are false shepherds out there and one false shepherd goes by the name of Satan. And he also has sheep in his pasture and he also has many people that he's leading, but he's not leading them into the abundant life. He's leading them into a life that will let them down, a life of destruction. And, but Jesus is very, different because he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to salvation and he's the way to have fulfilled abundant life here in the now and the present on this earth and he promises an abundant life in the future in heaven. In God's presence we will live with him and worship him forever. Can I get an amen? Jesus didn't come to give you a bummer life. He came to give you an abundant life. With this in mind, 2023 is a great year to do four things. Here's the conclusion. Number one is this, enter through the door. You know who you are. You've seen it. The door right in front of you. Time after time, you've seen it, you've heard it, you know you need to go through it, you know you need to leave those things in the past and begin afresh, start anew. 2023 is that year for you to start afresh, to begin anew, to have not just a new environment, but an entirely new life. But in order to get that, you need to enter through the door. Believe on Jesus Christ today, that he is enough, that he is the way, enter through the door. Number two. Stay close to your shepherd. The sheep's safety and protection is related to proximity. You stay close to the shepherd and you are more protected by the shepherd. We have three tools to help you stay close to Jesus this year. Number one is pray. You'll see this in your little handout. You should have got one on the way in. That's a little acronym that we adopted through Rooted. So it's 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 a tool for prayer. We praise God, we uh, we repent, we, we ask, and we yield. So that's a great tool for your kids too. At nighttime, when you're praying with your grandchildren, you're praying with your children, pull out that PRAY acronym and use that. The other is SOAP. That's a great tool for journaling, beginning your day with God or ending your day with God in the word. S is for scripture. O is observation. A, application. P is prayer. Take time daily to spend with your good shepherd. And the third is scripture memory. We have 15 verses every Christian should memorize. We wanna challenge you this year to take on this 12-week goal of memorizing these 15 verses. This is all to help you Stay close to your shepherd. We want to help disciple you from the pulpit. Number three, serve your shepherd. We need people in 2023 to step up into all kinds of service roles. We need people to lead small groups. We need people to help in kids' ministry. We need people up in tech. We need help greeting. We need help ushering. We need more people serving in our men's ministry team. I was just meeting with Greg about that. He'd love to talk to you about that. We need more people serving in our our women's ministry team. We need help updating our facility. There are things around our campus that are broken, things around our campus that are outdated. We need help piecing some things back together. We need more people to step up in 2023 and serve their shepherd so that we can continue pointing people to the door. And finally, number four, and this is your mission every day of your life, bring your oikos to the door. Your 8 to 15, your circle of influence, you got people in your neighborhood, you got people at work, you got people in your life who don't know Jesus and you are Jesus' plan A to bring them to him and there is no plan B. Don't block the door, draw people to the door. Jesus says, I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will find pasture, will find the abundant life. That is the Jesus that we worship here at South Valley. Can I get an amen? Let's pray. Father God, I pray right now, just as uh, we go into a time of offering, just that we would have a heart of gratitude. A heart of gratitude for what you've done by sending your Son heart of gratitude for the fact that he is a good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. He stays there to stand watch, to stand guard. He leads us in at nighttime to protect us. He leads us out in the day to find green pastures and to graze, to have the abundant life. There are people in this room who are desperate for the abundant life in 2023, and it cannot be found apart from Jesus. It cannot be experienced apart from his grace and his new life. We've walked through many doors in this world, but the greatest door of all is your son. Help us point people to your son. Help us enter through that door ourselves and experience that abundant life. We love you and praise you and pray this in Jesus' name, amen.